This is Annie Stevens Gleason, Minister for Worship and Incorporation at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'd like to welcome you to our worship podcast. This is the Holy Eucharist, Right 2, for February 18th, 2024.
Good morning. Welcome. I'm, I'm so grateful for the opportunity for us to worship together. So uh, it's, a, it's an honor to be here with you this morning and for us to, to gather um, on this beautiful, uh, frigid Sunday morning. Perfect way to start Lent with a jarring uh, blast of cold weather. Um, I have a few announcements I'd like to make. But first, I'd like to say a special welcome to those of you who are joining us for the first time or for the first time in a long time. It is great to have you with us. We're so glad that you are, are with us. And of course, I want to say a special welcome to the, those who are joining on our live stream. We're grateful that you are with us in this way um, and your, your presence online matters to us greatly. If you'd like to get to know the church better, you can find us at redeemer-cincy.org. That's redeemer-cincy with a y.org. You can click on the About tab there, learn more about us, and then click on, uh, and you can then connect with us, uh, reach out to us, and we can learn more about you and welcome you to this beloved community. Well, today, my friends, we begin Lent 1. It is our Lenten journey. How's everyone doing with your Lenten discipline so far? Did you give it up? Are you doing good? Yeah? Did you take on something new? Are you, are you perfect? Are you, are you, does God love you yet? Okay, good, good, good work. We're going to talk so much more about that during the sermon. I'm excited. Um, just want to make a few announcements, and then we will begin our worship. Uh, we have generally at this church, we have two different Lenten programs that you can join, a Sunday morning Lenten program and a Wednesday evening Lenten program. They're separate. You can go to both. You can go to one. You can go to none, I guess, but why would you do that? You have so many options. Um, this morning, we begin our Sunday Lenten programming, and throughout the Sundays in Lent, it, we will be engaging in a program called Nourished by Love, the Holy Eucharist. And during this season of Lent, we will imagine what it means to be nourished by love through the holy meal of the Eucharist, through its connections to the one who told his disciples to do this in remembrance of me. If you haven't already, you can sign up for that on our website or on the app, or you can just show up after church. It's immediately following this service in the parlor uh, during that 10 o'clock uh, education hour. You are welcome to join this week. Uh, it will be led by me and our, uh, our minister for worship, Annie Stevens Gleason, the two of us will be guiding you through uh, the work of looking at the different services, uh, Eucharistic services here at Redeemer, and talking about the theology of each one. So hope you'll join us for that. Also, uh, this Wednesday, our other Lenten series, which is on Wednesdays, this Wednesday, February 21st, uh, and throughout Lent, we will have the, the series In Hope of the Resurrection, How to Prepare Faithfully for End of Life. In this Lenten series, we will explore how our Christian perspective on life and death can teach us how to cherish the life with which we are blessed. It can also help us to prepare for faithful dying, teach us how to care for those who are in the process of dying, and help us to understand and accept the deaths of those we love dearly. Please make sure and sign up for that one, too. It would be great to have you on that. Yesterday, we sent an e-blast leading to our Lent to Holy Week programming page for the season. You can find that on our website under the Connect tab, as well as on our app. Um, at this time, I would like to invite all preschool to elementary school-aged children to join us in the chapel for Donuts and Jesus. I see Tommy back there, and Joanna's going to be joining him as well. Um, and Donuts and Jesus are waiting in the chapel. Age-appropriate interactive worship for children, and you'll return to the service in time for communion. Two other final announcements, and then we will begin, finally. Uh, one I just wanted to, uh, for those of you who did not know, yesterday... Up in Columbus, uh, our diocese uh, got a new bishop. Uh, we were uh, the, the a bishop, Kristen Uffelman White, was consecrated yesterday uh, during a beautiful service of ordination and consecration, and she is now the bishop of Southern Ohio, which is our our region. Um, it's an exciting new time in the life of this church, and I was also particularly um, 
just moved not only by the power of the service and by the power of our new bishop, but also by the number of Redeemer people that I saw involved in that service, whether attending or watching online or being involved in the service itself or the facilitation. I'm so grateful uh, for this group. We are part of something larger than ourselves, and it's a beautiful thing to remember that. For those of you who uh, did not get to watch, you can still watch that. It's online, that live stream. And also, if you are into fancy services and religiosity, boy, do I have a thing for you. Uh, at 5 p.m. this afternoon, the, uh, her official seating at the cathedral downtown, there will be a service for that, and you can, you can go to that if you'd like or watch that online. Um, and then finally, as is our custom during Lent, we begin the service with the Great Litany. So the service will be a little bit structured a little bit differently today. We will begin with the Great Litany. The Great Litany is the oldest prayer or set of prayers in our prayer book. And uh, we have the ritual of reciting that, and in this case, chanting that on the first Sunday of Lent. So if you're new to us or you're new to Lent here, we don't do this every Sunday of Lent, but we do it today. Um, it's kind of long, so be prepared for that. I'm going to ask you to kneel if you're able. If your knees are not down for that, you're welcome to stay seated. Or if you decide to kneel and feel penitent that way, but about halfway through you go, no, really, this is killing my knees, please, friends, just sit down. You're not, you're, you're, you'll be okay, okay? So I invite you at this time to either kneel or to stay seated and open your bulletins, and we will begin our worship with the Great Litany. Of heart and contempt of thy word and commandment. 
Please stand as you are able. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, whose blessed Son was led by the Spirit to be tempted by Satan, come quickly to help us who are assaulted by many temptations. And as you know the weaknesses of each of us, let each one find you mighty to save. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. A reading from Genesis. God said to Noah and to his sons with him, as for me, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the domestic animals, and every animal on the earth with you, 
as many as came out of the ark. I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. The word of the Lord. morning everyone with the beginning of Lent we'll be changing our psalm tune and going back to a plain song chant this morning we'll ask you to join us in all of the even verses so two four six eight um, Michael will play the tune once it's very similar to what we did before when you see a line or a little dash that means the change of note the choir will sing the first verse a little bit differently because we have the introduction when you sing, we'll just start on the very long looking note and go from there. This is what we did last Lent, so hopefully it will come back soon in your memories.
ring from the first letter to Peter. Christ also suffered for sins once for all, the righteousness for the unrighteous, in order to bring you to God. He was put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which also he went and made a proclamation to the spirits in prison, who in former times did not obey. When God waited patiently in the days of Noah, during the building of the ark, in which a few, that is eight persons, were saved through water. And baptism, which has prefigured now, saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers made subject to him. The word of the Lord. Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you, I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts. And the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. 
The gospel of the Lord. God, grant us serenity to accept the things that we cannot change, courage to change the things that we can, and the wisdom to know the difference in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's be seated. The story of the baptism of Jesus is, some, is one of the stories of Jesus that has become formative to me as an adult, some, so that has formed my adult faith in, in a way that it did not when I was younger. When I was younger, I heard the story, and when I was a kid, and it was like, oh, sure, Jesus got baptized, and that's great. And then he goes off, and it's, he starts his, will, his, 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 his you know, uh, ministry. And I, I remember the, hearing the story of the, the, the sky cracking open and the dove coming down and God's voice, you are my son, my beloved, with you I am well pleased. And I remember thinking, of course, of, well, that, this is pointing to who Jesus is. And as Christians, it's important for us to understand that Jesus is the beloved son of God. And that's all still true. But it wasn't until I grew up that I was introduced to the reality that in our baptism, what God says to Jesus is also being said to us. And you've all heard, many of you have heard this before. I've, I've preached it, others have preached it. I think it is a, an important, a foundational understanding of who we are as Christians, which is that we here in this space are beloved daughters and sons of God. You are a daughter of God. In you, God is well pleased. And you are a son of God. In you, God is well pleased. And I have heard this and I have come to believe it and it has changed the way I understand my whole relationship with God to understand that I'm not trying to become a beloved child of God. I am beloved. I am God's son. And this is a part of my core identity and is meant to be a part of all of our core identities. This has been the end, the climax of a lot of the sermons that I've preached, not just here, but in my, throughout my, my preaching career, to remind you all, to remind us all of our belovedness. Because I've always thought, you know, uh, I need to remember it, first of all. But secondly, I, you know, I'm kind of a restless person. <laughs> that wasn't meant to get a laugh, but okay. <laughs> I'm kind of a relentless person, and I keep thinking, you know, um, I'm restless, and I keep thinking, you know, um, well, if I just believe in my belovedness, it'll give me some peace. If I can just find a home in my belovedness of God's loving me unconditionally, then I will maybe be a little bit less restless. Maybe I'll be a little bit more peaceful and calm and things will get easier for me. That's my hope for me and that's my hope for you. But then I read the text today. And you'll notice that Jesus is baptized 
And he comes out of the water and the sky cracks open and the Holy Spirit alights upon him like a dove and God says, this is my son. You are my son. My beloved, I am in you, you I am well pleased. And, and then, and then, right then, it says, and immediately the Spirit drove him out into the wilderness. Well, crap. <laughs> immediately? Like not after a little while? A little contemplation, a little rest. You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. Friends, our understanding of our belovedness is not the end of us. It's not the end of our story. It is the beginning of our story. We are not just trying to get to a place where we can believe in our belovedness and then we can finally rest. We are trying to accept our belovedness because when we accept it, we have something to care for us and guide us as we are driven out into the wilderness. You accepting that you are completely and totally beloved by God will not ease your restlessness. It will in many ways make you more restless. Your belief that God loves you will not settle your life down. It will drive you into a place of unknowing, of mystery, sometimes of confusion. I'm not sure if that feels like good news to you, but it's the truth of our lives. I remember when I was 25 years old, I was living out in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I was waiting tables, uh, which is a great way to live life. I loved waiting tables. I had fun, but I also... I knew or I believed that there was something for me and I didn't know what it was. I wasn't waiting tables because it was my calling, uh, which I believe can be for some. Uh, uh, I was waiting tables because I was trying to make a buck while I was trying to figure out who I was and what to do with myself. And I remember sitting in the backyard of the house I was renting a room in and praying. And I was in a place of, I was doing okay spiritually, and I remember having this, this recognition that that. I belong to God, that God loves me, that I love God. This is all good and religious and right. And then I prayed and said to God, but God, I'm bored. I know there's something that you've got for me, and I don't know what it is. Please help me to see it. And I remember that day because it was the last time I was ever bored in the rest of my life. <laughs> I've never been bored since. But I believe that it was my my security and my belovedness. I believe that it was a recognition that God loved me and held me and had me that gave me the courage to say to God, what else? And God said, oh, I'll show you. It was not long after that that I accepted a call uh, to, move, to move towards ordination to the priesthood. I don't think that'll happen to everyone, for the record. I don't think that's everyone's deal. You can pray that prayer and that won't happen to you necessarily at all. But it was God driving me to the next part of my life. And I look at all of the different places in my life when I have made decisions that have taken me into unknowing. And they all started not from fear, but started from a place of understanding I am beloved. Now what? When we understand that we are loved by God, God uses our understanding to drive us into places of insecurity and unknowing and mystery. And this is not God torturing us. This is God transforming our lives. This is God taking us to places we never could 
have imagined. I know this for a fact because I heard God's voice when I was hanging out living in California, and now here I am in Cincinnati, Ohio, <laughs> which I love very much, but y'all, I didn't have friends or family here. I wasn't trying to pursue that or, or make my life easier. And you all have your stories. One thing that I love about church, by the way, is that church is a gathering of people of all different ages. And that's important because we have a lot of people who are in the second half of their life. Hey, we even have a ministry for that, our second half ministry. You should check that out if you haven't been a part of it. And our, our second half of life people, sometimes you'll hear these things, and, and we want to acknowledge that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, on the, I'm, a, I'm on the younger end of the church spectrum, right? And you might hear this and go, well, okay, he's talking about adventure. He's talking about the God driving him into the wilderness because of my, his belovedness. I want to say to you, there is never an age at which God will stop driving you out into the wilderness. There is never a period in your life when you are safe from God disturbing and transforming you. There is never a point at which you are done learning about your belovedness and what it can and will do to you. No matter where you are, no matter what life stage you are in, when you recognize your belovedness, that is the beginning of your story, not the end of it. Each one of us, when we experience restlessness, that is not something from which we need to hide. Our restlessness, our wondering, is the Holy Spirit prodding us on in our belovedness, saying, you are my beloved. With you, I am well pleased. Now what are you going to do with that? How will you, how will you respond to the understanding of your belovedness? Where will the Spirit take you into what wilderness, into what unknowing. I cannot answer that for each of us. I cannot even answer it fully for myself. But I can tell you that when we are driven into the wilderness, into mystery and confusion and unknowing, we are ministered to by angels. We are surrounded by God. We are nourished by love. We are cared for eternally and unendingly. And the wilderness into which we are driven is not a sign of a curse, but of God's presence and love in our lives. We are being transformed. We are being made to look more and more like the beloved daughters and sons of God. We will never be let go. In Jesus' name.
And friends, let us reaffirm our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made, for us in our, our salvation, he came down from heaven by the power of the Holy Spirit. He became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, she is worshiped and glorified. She is spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Friends, the peace of the Lord be always with you. Also with you. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself as an offering and sacrifice to God.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We give thanks to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who was tempted in every way as we are, yet did not sin. By his grace, we are able to triumph over every evil and to live no longer for ourselves alone, but for him who died for us and rose again. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Holy and gracious Father, in your infinite love, you made us for yourself. And when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you in your mercy sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. On the night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ, Christ has died. Christ, Christ is risen. risen. Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Recalling his death, resurrection, and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in him. Sanctify us also that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him, and the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. Amen.
now as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. are the gifts of God for the people of God.
in the name of God and on behalf of this congregation. I send you forth bearing these holy gifts that those to whom you go may share with us in the communion of Christ's body and blood. We who are many are one body, because we all share one bread, one cup. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, thank you for feeding us with the spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and for assuring us in these holy mysteries that we are living members of the body of your Son and heirs of your eternal kingdom. And now, Father, send us out to do the work you have given us to do, to love and serve you as faithful witnesses of Christ our Lord. To him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit, be honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. And now may the blessing of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you this day and always. Amen. Amen.